This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When the Stags recorded a win at Swindon last Friday, we all thought the Easter weekend would propel and perhaps even solidify us in the playoffs, thank you. But those pesky Easter gremlins ruined our plans with a one-all draw against the league's bottom side, leaving us in limbo. With six games now to go, the Stags are again on the outside looking in. A point off the playoffs, but with a vital game in hand. Will the next seven days see the pendulum swing once more or have Clough's men miss the golden opportunity at the right time? Tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast, we'll discuss the highs and lows of the Easter doubleheader as it's cruise control around the Magic Roundabout, but stutters and stalls at home. We'll talk open training sessions, prospects of tomorrow today, perception again, and much, much more in between. As ever, we welcome, encourage and desire your input via the live feed comments. So get your questions, comments and opinions in now to have your say on your team. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. And I'm going to hit you with a disclaimer, early doors in the show. Tonight could be a very technical nightmare. Broadband issues at the proper Mansfield Matters HQ means I've come all the way back to the bedroom I spent 10 years of my life in. It's very, very weird. That's why there's a a blank background behind me. There's no Mansfield Matters stuff. And the Wi-Fi, I forgot to bring my long cable. I left in a rush and thought, I've got to do the podcast. My broadband went down half an hour ago. So I jumped in the car, hot-footed it to my dad's house and jumped on his Wi-Fi. So this podcast tonight is a hot, sweaty mess. Talking of which, let's say hello to the last, aka hot, sweaty messes. They are Cam Felton. Good evening. Rude. <laughs> it was a good link, I thought. Oh, yeah, not too bad. I've heard worse. <laughs> and of course, Mr. Alan Wilson as well. How are you? Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. Mine keeps flickering a little, so you know, with the gremlins and whatever you said, uh, I'll just keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, I think there's probably an unwritten rule in podcast land that you should never call an episode, you should never include the word gremlins in an episode because then it's going to go wrong. And that's exactly yeah. what I've done tonight. As always, like I said in the uh, intro, welcome, encourage, uh, and whatever the other word I used was, um, desire your comments, questions, and opinions on all things at Mansfield Town. We've got two games to talk about. We've got a bumper Easter weekend uh, to reflect upon. Uh, so let's start, Cam, with the highs, and then we'll move on to the lows. Uh, the highs, of course, being the first victory Mansfield recorded at Swindon um, since before, I think, the dawn of time. Good Friday was Great Friday. Yeah, fantastic. I think it was it was a result that we needed, knowing that they were one of the teams that has fully pulled us apart this season. Obviously, demolished us 5-2 at the one call um, back in September, October, whenever it was. And they were the first real side, personally, I was I was particularly impressed with this season. I don't think anybody else has, until uh, until Salford, I don't think it was just like real problems just like that we couldn't rectify. They just completely outplayed us in that game. And then I was I was fortunate enough to do some some camera work for Oldham Athletic on on Good Friday and I'd got flash scores on my phone um, just sat on this chair behind me 
The only reason I use flash scores is because you don't have to update it. It just updates itself. So I look, I glance over my shoulder after a short stoppage in play and I see that we've gone one down after four minutes. I'm thinking, for God's sake, here we go again. <laughs> we have a positive result the weekend before against Crawley and then we go and throw it away the following weekend. But what a turnaround in the first half and just a fantastic performance. It's obviously, Nigel was very disappointed in the goals that they conceded and probably said they should have cut those cut those chances out if... Um, if we're a hundred percent on it or whatever, and and yeah, I agree with it. But on the, on the whole, it's it's still a fantastic result, and it put us right back where where we were wanting to be, which is inside the top seven. I'm glad you said Nigel and not Cluffy, because then that had sparked a whole new debate. We'll come on to that later on. Um, let's um, get Mr. Wilson's views on uh, on Good Friday. It was pretty much like Cam said, Alan, when that first goal went in. I think we were all sat in the stands. Uh, anyone who's got a Mansfield sound persuasion would have been thinking, oh no, it's going to be one of those afternoons. It was because I sat uh, watching it and I follow. And I said to the wife, you know, when they went 1 0 down, I thought, and I, I never even panicked or anything. It was just something that. I knew that it was going to get ready, if you like. I just got a funny feeling that we were going to win the game. Everything seemed to be quite, you know, they were comfortable. They didn't, edge didn't go down when they went one down. And, you know, they just played like we know Mansell can play. And it was, a, it was a joy to watch. And I think they fully deserved it. You know, nice to see. Like, like Cam said, you know, we hadn't beat them since whenever it was. And it was just a joy to watch. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's so frustrating though, isn't it, Cam, that, you know, we, we do that on Good Friday. We put in a good performance. You know, we, we leave the ground absolutely buzzing. Maybe a little bit shell-shocked uh, in terms of how easy it was and how simplistic it was. And we really then buoyed up for, for Bank Holiday Monday at home to the league's bottom side. And we throw everything at them and come away with a point. And it felt like a defeat. I, you know, I saw a few people on social media afterwards sort of maybe criticising a few of the boos and a few of the frustrated comments, but I'll be honest, I, I think some of those comments were, were deserved. We weren't good enough, and, and that's the difference. We have to be on it in, in those games. I think the boos were harsh because it, it wasn't a loss. It felt like it, but it wasn't a loss. And it's not that we played badly. There was just that one moment just before half time again that we've we've not been switched on for and, and it's it's a real bugbear but you've got to look at the positives as well of the amount of chances that we created it was brilliant we could actually it was a really good game to watch from a from a Mansfield perspective the chances that we had obviously the biggest frustration though is that we've not put them away and that's third, fourth, fifth game this season where we've absolutely peppered the opposition and then not took advantage of it. It's 21 shots from that game, seven on target, and we've only scored from one of them. And if we're serious about automatics, playoffs, whatever this team thinks they can reach this season, whatever Nigel can think this team can reach this season only putting one goal away from seven on-target chances, 21 total, is simply not good enough. You look at Bradford on Easter Monday. They put something to the sword and beat them 3-0. There was absolutely no reason why we couldn't have done that to Sutton, but we just didn't take our chances. And there's been numerous games this season where we just don't take our chances. We look at then the opposite going the other way, look at the opposition, who they've then faced. Oh, they've faced Leighton Orient, they've faced Northampton, they've faced Stockport, they've faced Salford, where they've where the opposition's been able to go to there or they've come to them or whatever. And they've been able to score goals, which is something that we obviously haven't, which is frustrating because other teams are doing it, but we can't, even though we're creating more chances than most teams in the league currently. It's funny, Alan, because I think I'd be sat here if this was if this set of results, a win at Swindon and a draw at home to the league's bottom side, um, whoever that may be. Let's let's just go with Rochdale. If this was September, maybe October at a push, I'd be saying, 
that's fine because we've got four points from across two games and we've played really, really well in both games and we've got the entire of the, of the season to build upon that and gain the momentum from it. But the fact is we've got six games left and it's now, like saw last season, where these games count more than anything. When it is so tight, it's on a you know on a knife edge. When it is so tight, the narrowest of margins count. And just one goal, like we saw last season, one goal against Rochdale to make it two one and win, could be the difference between Mansfield finishing in seventh and having another shot at promotion through the playoffs, and Mansfield enjoying a trip to Forest Green Rovers next season. Yeah, I. I totally agree with what you're saying, but I mean, who'd have thought that Mansell, I mean, we're, we're all confident enough thinking Mansell can go away and win, but who'd have thought they'd have put four against Swindon, to be fair? And it was like, I half, it sounds a bit, <laughs> bit, what's the word, pessimistic, this, but it's not. Yes, I, mean, come I half on. expected, <laughs> I half expected that to be a bit of a, a downer, if you like, you know, 1-1. But I wasn't downhearted because of the way we'd played and got the four goals against Swindon. It was going to happen sometime. The goalkeeper had a very good game, but, but that's what he gets paid for. We just It didn't fall for us in the box. And it was just one of the things I'd be set going home if we hadn't had 21 shots, if that makes sense. You know, I, I'd, it, it, these things happen in football. And I've learned a long while ago that, as a Mansell Town fan, you know, you just get on with it. You know, you don't get too high, you don't get too low. You just hope for the best and you feel positive all the time. But I just thought, you know, I just thought something was going to happen. I'd like to have seen him win, obviously. But a draw, like uh, Roger said, four points out of the six, you'd have thought would have drawn at Swindon, you know, he'd have been laughing, win at Rochdale, against Rochdale, you know, and I don't think we'd be having this conversation. That's my spin on so it. Frustrating it's just so it frustrating. Is, yeah. because it's just so frustrating. It's a typical Mansfield thing to do. But for me, it, it's more than picking four points up over Easter is good. Because, you know, last this time last season, Easter weekend, we got square root of sod all, which ultimately did cost us in, yeah. in the end. And, you know, made us fall short of automatics and, you know, probably had an hampering on us in, in the playoffs as well in terms of consistency. But it's more than just a points game now. It's more than just about picking points up and putting goal difference, you know, numbers in the goal difference column, numbers in the goals for, goals against. It's more than that now. It's a psychological battle. And for me, Cam, I think what we did on Monday in drawing at home to the league's bottom side, Rochdale, having had X number of shots but only having scored one goal is a massive psychological boost to those teams that are in and around us because it's what it's saying is Mansfield can play well all they like. They can knock it around the pitch. They can string together pass after pass. They can shoot as much as they want, but they lack quality. They lack the finishing touch. And what that does, it gives a team talk to every single team above us in and around us. Just go play with fire and hit and shoot because we lack that killer instinct. Do we not? Depending who we're playing against, um, obviously, like we're saying, we we stuck four past Crawley, we stuck four past Swindon, and out of all of those games, you were probably thinking Rochdale was probably the one that you'd have probably put four or five past Swindon. Uh, granted, they're not on the greatest run of forms, but they they're still just like just about clinging on for the hope of the playoffs, and it's unlikely now, but. At the po- at that point, it was still possible. And Crawley, they were one of the form sides headed into the into the weekend. And and Rochdale, they've had a decent turnaround in form. But again, if we if we are totally ambitious about sort of like where we want to be next season or where we want to be come the end of the season, then we we should have been absolutely peppering them. And going back to the the psychological thing, you look at games. Uh, one game in particular over the weekend, um, was AFC Wimbledon versus Salford. Salford got a penalty in the 92nd minute to draw level. They missed. They then equalised a minute later in the 93rd, and then in the 96th, they went and won it. And it was just that mentality. It's just like, for God's sake, why can't we do this? And yeah. granted, we beat, we beat Wimbledon 3-1 a couple of months ago, but it's still the point of we were playing on paper a worse team than that and we could pull a result off like that but 
um, we can't beat teams on our own patch this season for whatever reason. We just can't seem to get results where where we need them. You look at Barrow for a, for another season where it's another game where you're thinking like, right, we should do this. We don't. Sutton, we should do this. We don't. And it's frustrating. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand the, it. It's the life of a Stags fan. Oh, too <laughs> simple as you. You know, <laughs> when you pay your money, you know what you're going to get. You, cer- you certainly do. It's an interesting point that Cam makes on about the, the home versus the away thing because, again, I think our, our away yeah. form's arguably been better than our home form this season. It's interesting that he spoke about the soul thing as well because they had that man- mentality about them to, even when they missed the penalty, to still push forward, still push for an equaliser and then push on once more. The long, you know, There was always hope in their game, whereas for Mansfield, the longer the clock ticked on, the as the sands of time began to run out, the frustrations grew and the desperation grew as well. And I think it's almost like being stuck in the mud sometimes. It's like the longer the clock goes on, the more concrete pours into the boots. I know there's sometimes you can think to yourself, you know, you could, you could play another 35 minutes and you've just got that feeling that they wouldn't score. And then there's other times you can turn it around and within a minute, you know, you realise that they're going to score or they have scored. But even like Cam said with the Salford game, we don't know what happened, again. you know, with Wimbledon. They could have crumbled for all we know. You know, well, it, it sounds as though they did. But, you know, their mentality can't have been right. You know, we could have done exactly the same if we'd have been in the same position. You know, I just don't think it's... Don't get too downhearted. There's still six games to go and I think we'll be there or thereabouts. The problem in that six games to go, though, is uh, the fact that we have three home games back-to-back. As Richard says in the comments, Cam, too many drop points at home this season, simple as. And if you look at the teams that we play at home in those final four games of the season, Stevenage, they dropped off it from the automatics. They're now trying to find a little bit of form to propel themselves maybe back up into third consolidate yeah. the playoffs and try and go in there that's a tough game Leighton Orient will come to us for that don't forget that's our game in hand against Leighton Orient uh, that we've got and they may well need to come to the one call that night to win the division um, massive game Harrogate maybe a dead rubber um, and then Colchester uh, away but those three home games for me Cam are absolutely critical and I'm actually worried by virtue of the fact they are at home because we need to get some, I think these next two games for us are huge in terms of gathering momentum to go into those three home games. Because if we're not in a positive frame of mind at the start of those three home games, I think we'll struggle to get four points out of those three. It's a difficult one because you look at when it comes to the end of the season and a lot of people would, would say that, if you gave me the choice of who I'd want to play, I'd much rather play the sides at the top of the division. Definitely. You look, you look at Rochdale uh, on Monday. That, like, granted, it was very smash and grab for their their attempt, but they they off they, they hit the ball once, and then there was a little bit dangerous, but there was nothing major going forward. But the defensive performance that they put in was absolutely fantastic, and if it weren't for Richard O'Donnell. It would have been a cricket score. He's an incredible and, keeper, by the way. For he's yeah, had an incredible, for a fantastic career. keeper. And but it's moments like that that can save your season. It's very unlikely that Rochdale will save themselves, but they'll have been coming to the one call on on Monday, thinking, you know what, we'll take a, if we can get a point. Brilliant, that's a fantastic. We should be getting absolutely hammered, and they got a point, and it was just have, like having that belief and. I think the most frustrating thing from a Mansfield standpoint is, and I think Nigel hit it absolutely on nail on the head in, in his post-match, was that we had chances towards the end of the game. We just didn't get it into the box. We tried to pay that, play that extra pass around the edge of the box. We tried to slip somebody down the line when it wasn't necessarily on. We, we just tried things that weren't necessarily there in, in, rather than just putting it in the box where we've got bodies we didn't, and and that's what's come back to bite us. How many chances did we waste in the last fifteen minutes where we just because we just 
didn't get the ball into the box and we just get dispossessed and they lump it upfield and we're back to square one again. Yeah, we do have a, la- a, a distinct lack of uh, urgency and uh, have that lack of uh, firepower and that willing to, to try and get a goal. Uh, I'll come on to why I think why in a second. Roger's half mentioned it in his comment, but I want to just touch on the comment from Chris in, uh, in the live feed. Three games in a row and the game I fear the most is Harrogate. I said that was a dead potential dead rubber. I, I've just looked at the league table and reminded myself that it very much isn't. Uh, that again, they have a game in hand, but they are only um, what three points clear of the drop zone. They're on forty-one, Crawley on thirty-eight. So what's that? Three, four points clear of the the drop zone. So they're still banging trouble, as are Colchester as well. So there is no easy other than probably the next two games against Grimsby, who are pretty much solidified ding-ding in mid-table and uh, Newport, who are just about, you know, are fairly safe. After that, every game is almost a six-pointer for, for both teams. And I don't think, Alan, that we have enough about us in, not necessarily in terms of personnel, because I think Nigel will probably find something off his sleeve to, to, to throw one or two players who we aren't expecting to be back back in the fold for those four. Mm. But I don't think we have enough up here mentality to, to to cope with that amount of pressure, plus a potential two games on top of that. Well, don't, only time will tell for that, Craig, as we all know. But uh, I am very, very confident that out of the three home games, we will amass seven points. I really am. I just can't see any problems with Leighton Orient. We battered them at their place. And, you know, it's, it's a no-lose situation, isn't it? We've got to go for it. It's no good sitting back. You know, we want to get in the playoffs. We want to overtake uh, Salford, you know, with our game in hand. I think one of the most tricky games, personally, will be, is it uh, next Tuesday when we play Newport? Yeah, Tuesday I think night, that'll yeah. Be the, I think it'll be, that, that'll be the, uh, the make-or-break game. Yeah, we don't, we don't they, do well at Newport. When, when was um, the last time we beat Newport? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that could be the uh, fly in the ointment, as it were. I haven't got no problem with the others. And I, I, I'm like, Cam, I would sooner play Leighton Orient and Stevenage any day of the week. Interesting. Interesting to see how it unfolds. Uh, whether we'll feel the same when we speak yeah. this time next week or not will remain to be seen. Richard, though, in the comment, Alan says he loves your optimism. Of course, we can always rely on you. From, from the, I want you to change your name on the podcast to Alan, the ultimate optimist Wilson, or something like that. You, 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 you are the ray of sunshine to this to, to my pessimism. You know, you, you had a little bit of it, but you refused to let me break you down. You refused to let me no. get under the skin and let that pessimism just, sleep in. Just, just one thing, Craig, if I can. The my granddaughter said on Saturday before I came to the match. She says. Uh, Grandad, we're going to win 5 0. And Nigel Clough is going to score all five goals. Oh, bless her. <laughs> so I mentioned after I'd announced the teams on Saturday, I turned around. If you saw me, and I, I mentioned that to Nigel. And Nigel says, oh, He wishes he were fit enough. <laughs> I, did, I did see well, you. Look, I, did, I did see you to speak to, uh, to Nigel as well. I, yeah. I wonder what you had. Yeah, uh, that's, what I was, that's what I said. I just told him that, made him laugh. Oh, bless. Gotta love her. She obviously gets the optimism from you. Um, obviously, uh, Paul in the comments also says, "Hope Stevenage fail." Evans is all mouth. It would be it would be some sort of justice if uh, you know they did fall short after everything. But they've had a good enough season. If you look at, you, know, you think it's tight in the conference. Um, it's still tight in League Two as well. You have to say might not be. Um, might not have been as exciting as it was last season, um, but as it comes towards the end, you know, you've got three teams all vying for third spot. Um, and I'd probably say, you know, it, the the top is outside. I think that's Orient's, that, that's pretty much Orient's to, to be sewn up. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, you look at that third place, Stockport, who'd have thought them, they would have been up there a few weeks ago. Carlisle, um, you know, they've been up there all season. Stevenage have, have dropped off, but even Bradford aren't out of the, the reckoning and, and pretty much Nora Salford for um, maybe for, for the top if things go away. Wait until Monday. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's the point. You know, it's funny how one set of fixtures can change absolutely anything. We might we may, after Saturday's trip to Grimsby, 
We may not be feeling grim. We may be feeling happy after a trip to the seaside. I doubt it because Cleethorpes is a shithole. But anyway, uh, moving swiftly on, uh, let's go to uh, the comment earlier from uh, Roger. Uh, the lad Gale had a good game. One slight criticism, he's trying too hard. Let go uh, and chill and play. I think that with Gale, I think it's a great point. I want to touch upon James Gale because I think we have got a phenomenal prospect in him if we get his nurturing and development right. And absolutely for me, between now and the end of the season, I see no reason why he should be dropped. I think he brings energy. He brings creativity. He's good on and off the ball. He's physical. He dominates teams. He's good moving with the ball. He brings others into play and he, and he battles. And that is what we need with six games to go. We need someone to wear the shirt with pride and battle it. As for the trying too hard, that's just a, being a young player eager to impress your peers. Let's not forget where, he, where this lad was two seasons ago, not even dreaming of a career in professional football. And, and now, arguably for me, Cam, he's one of our strongest players with six games to go. Or bar Jason Law. <laughs> That's a different conversation, though. Um, yeah, um, but it, it's the same old, same old with young talent that we've got uh, or had. Uh, we can't waste it. Basically, you go, you look at, um, you look at the talent that we had, and we we rushed it, and it, it hampered their careers. Simple as you look at you look at the all right. Granted, it was a, a big rebrand, but of of the players that have come through our youth academy in the last fifteen years, who were the ones that have particularly made it out of there with sort of like any sort of credit? You'd probably look and you think Tom Naylor is about the only player I can think of that's actually sort of like been successful so far, and. Tyree Sinclair is a weird one because he wasn't in our youth academy and then he was. Jason Law, it's just a frustrating situation with him because he should be getting more chances than he is. Uh, Jack Thomas, Liam Marsden, all fantastic players, but we rushed them back. We rushed them into the first team setup too quickly. So your comment, Craig, about, about nurturing his talent is is by far the most important thing. Yes, we want to give him game time. And it, it's very much, is he being given game time because he, we have to? Yes. Partially? Yeah. No, partially about it. He is. It, it, if well, Will Swan was available and um, Reese Oates was fully fit and he, and he liked Danny Johnson, um, he would be playing, they would be playing ahead of him. It's, it's, it's more than Johnson. It's, 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 just... it's a percentage of... Gale's talent, which is getting him in and his attitude and his application, there's a percentage of that. But there's a lot to be said about the fact that he's one of very few available. Yeah, he is. Um, I mean, he's, he's got to take his chance now. If I think if, if one of those chances that he had on, on Monday went in, brilliant. He'd have probably bagged one or two more maybe I think had we have scored again in that second half earlier on then I think Rochdale would have fallen to pieces they didn't look defensively fantastic when we scored we could have easily put two or three past them in the first half but it was just having that confidence and and yeah we've we've got a we've got to take into account the fact that he is still a young lad he's still learning his trade and like you said a couple of years ago he wasn't you weren't dreaming of uh, so like professional football. This is no disrespect to to Long Eaton, but it's it's not exactly the best level. And the fact that he's got to a an older age for a sort of like what you would expect of an academy player to then then be fortunately picked up by a football league side is very lucky on his part. And mm. now he's got this fantastic opportunity. He's got to go and take it. Because, yeah, you, you're keeping players like Danny Johnson outside and that's a whole different conversation in itself. But the fact is, he's easily replaceable. Like There's players that you could play up front. You could play John Barry up front. You could play Jason Law at left-back. That fixes your problem straight away. It's not a fantastic fit. And I know a lot of people have complained about it, but he's, he, this is no disrespect to him, but he is an expendable member of the squad currently. 
because he's a young lad and he's got things to prove. So he's got to take these opportunities, and I hope that he does because he's a fantastic talent and he was very, very, very lucky on on Monday not to not to get a goal. And then the Sutton game last week was just a difficult game for everybody, but he still battled, he still did well, and he did better than Danny Johnson did. Yeah, uh, more James Gale chat to come. Get in the comments about what you uh, make of him. We'll be asking, should he start the final six games of the season? Is this the chance for him uh, to thrive? And we'll also heap praise on Kieran Wallace too. Uh, all of that to come here on the Mansfield Matters podcast. Do not go anywhere. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Mansfield Matters, a proud member of the TalkSport Fan Network. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the show for the fans at By The Fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Before the little break there, we were talking all things James Gale. I was delighted on uh, Monday, Alan, when I saw his name on, on the starting team sheet. And like I alluded to a little bit earlier on, I want to give him a chance. I want to see him starting for the final six games of the campaign. Because in terms of the way we are now playing, which is with a back four, almost a 4-3-3. It's fluid, it's creative, it's attacking, it's on the front foot. I think that suits James Gale very, very well indeed. The only thing I ask of Nigel Clough is please don't isolate him out on the right-hand side and make him more of a winger. Let him have freedom and let the other players who are more experienced fill those uh, fill those gaps. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree totally there, 100%, because uh, I think if uh, Oaksy or Swan do come back, like you said, you know, he'll probably be relegated to the bench. And like Cam said before, he's got to take his chance, which I think he is doing. Uh, the way he turns players and just... Because oh. he, he is quite, you know, he's quite a fast lad as well, isn't he? He's, he's quite deceptive with his pace. He can move away from him. The way he turns them, you know, it's, it's unbelievable to watch for a young lad. But, you know, when you were saying about the other players, didn't uh, Bap come through the youth team and whatever, or, or wasn't there such a thing then? Yeah, he was the last. It was sort of the last of the older youth team, wasn't he? Yeah, when the Radford yeah. came in, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, from from basically from when Murray had the youth team onwards, I think Cam was uh, alluding to when we changed it to the yeah. academy. Yeah, sometime. I see what you mean. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, back to James Gale though, and I think the only thing he, he is missing is is a goal. Is a goal. Because uh, he is tremendous. I think he, do you know what? I think he really compliments like Davis Keeler done very, very well. Even Lucas Aikens, you know, he, he, he's brought Aikens' game out of him. He's got the ball to yeah. feet. He's got Aikens to turn and, and swivel and create yeah. space. He is some player. He is. I, I, I can't agree more. I don't have a problem seeing him on the team sheet. But if, like I say, if Swanee does come back, and Oates, you know, he might get relegated to the bench. But what a prospect and what a talent to come on for the last 20, if needed. You know, wherever, however you use him in the last six, seven, possibly eight games, you know, make the most of him. Because I think he will be good for Mansell Town in the future. Yeah, and that's it. But the, the caveat to that, though, Cam, is we've got to get it right. And I think that's why I'm so desperate to uh, keep him starting in this, this last of whether or not we've got Will Swan yeah. and Reese Oates back because yeah they're they're excellent players and you know Will Swan is a similar age um you know he's obviously got a good ground at Forest Academy and he's you know scored a lot of goals for us this season but um I wouldn't put that you know I, I think he's, he's very good to to come on I think Will Swan we saw maybe we saw it at the start of the season a little bit actually when we brought him on we got a little bit more out of him yeah. and we didn't get a lot out of him when he, he started at, at some point so Maybe I'd do it the opposite way around. Play Gale for 60 minutes and then, then bring bring him on. That's it. Whichever way you do it, you know, when you've got those players in abundance coming back, you know, it don't matter which way you do it, does it? Whoever's playing, who's got the shirt, let them keep it and let the others come on from the bench if needed. If needed. Keely in the comments says... 
Go on. Sorry, just a quick one. Yeah, if you look, if you look at Saturday's game, James Gale was absolutely blowing, but we didn't have the options on the bench. You know, if he if if he was available, Will Swan would have absolutely thrived in that mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Well, or Reeves, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It'd have been an onslaught, an absolute onslaught. You think you've got Aikens, Keeler, Dunn, and Gale, Oates, whoever, Law, Bowery, etc. Sod it. I've got a new formation for Clough. (laughs) 415. We did not sure we'd be five up front at some point this year. Why not? It might get to that. I'm sure at some point this season, I think it might have been the Crawley game, we did have like five up front at some point this season. Yeah. Oh dear, it, 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 it's funny. Uh, at least we're not playing five at the back anymore. We need to avoid that uh, because we yeah. are a lot better. We are a lot better in the four. If only somebody yeah, had been saying it since back. October. <laughs> anyway, uh, Keeley's uh, comment. Um, James has done really well. He has played some decent balls. I agree. He's just lacking a goal, and I think that will boost his confidence more. Absolutely, I was. Even if it's a penalty, I remember a, a couple of years ago. I think it might have been Jimmy Knowles when he when he got his first goal. It was a penalty, and we gave it him. and He slotted it in just to get him off the mark, just to get him on. Yeah. The thing about James yeah. as well is he doesn't fall into that category of of being one of a kind. He's not just a fox in the box. He's not just a target man. He's not just a a false nine. He's he's not. Any one single thing. He's a rounded player. He can get in and out of the box. He's got a venomous shot on him. He can run. He can carry. He can defend. He can hold off. I just think we. I think Nigel Clough would be. Dare I say? A little bit mad not to not to utilize uh, that, especially when you've got the older players around him. I have to say as well, Davis Keeler Dunn. Um, I was well, quality. He's. He's next level, and I was against signing him, in, signing him in January as a midfielder because a lot of his, you know, at the time we had a lot of midfielders, and I was thinking we don't need another midfielder to come and sit in there. But actually, the games he's dropped back and played a little bit deeper, played in the hole just behind the front two, and allowed that freedom to roll across that midfield. He has been mouthwatering. He picks a pass like Ryan Sturk. He, you know, like Ryan Sturk did. He sees passes which were which weren't on. But when he goes up front and plays a little bit further forward, we lose a little bit of him. So let's just keep him held back and let's let Aikens and Gale or Aikens and Oates or Gale and Oates sounds like a tribute on that. Um, <laughs> go and have that that freedom and that space to uh, uh, to build into, and let's uh, have Keeler done. Uh, Dropped a little bit back. So, uh, Roger asks, "What's happened? What's happened to Maris? Well, he came on, didn't he, on um, on Monday? Or did he start? I can't remember. Did he start or come on? Started yeah. Monday. No, he started. Yeah, yeah, started. And he had the same problem again. It was the bottom of his heel. Yeah. Felt it. It couldn't. It couldn't burst on that speed. You know, he was all right to kosher about, if you like, but that's no good. Yeah, and uh, and that's the thing. You know, when you're playing at that's the problem we've got. And I think when we're in the end of season review podcast and we look back and we say, what did they do? That's the end of season review. I think we will be um, saying, oh, well, we had we are hampered by injuries at the wrong times at the end of the season. But it, it's no excuse. And I don't know, I just think we've got to find ways around it. And whether that's, I don't know, pushing Bowery forward and, having, and playing the likes of, Law, we've got to find these things because we can't start players who are like the quality of George Maris, who are playing at thirty percent. When realistically, we don't need to. We could we could have allowed him to have a have had another week to get from thirty percent to sixty percent or sixty five mm. seventy, and that makes a bigger difference over the shorter amount of games that we've got left. Um, especially when you you think. Callum Johnson's now pretty much fully fit. Well, let's get him back in at right back. Let's get Hewitt across to left back. Let's push Bowery forward. The options are there. We just got to have the bravery to use them. I just personally think I would keep Hewitt. I know it's only my opinion, but leave Hewitt where he is, right back. He, he has he has been phenomenal. If he if he needs to go centre back, you know, and get Johnson in, so be it. But I would prefer to keep Hewitt where he is. I would like to see 
Kilgore, and I would like to see Harbottle there. And, you know, obviously, if Barry's still there, if Macca's not fit, if he not played James Law, if he doesn't want to play Wallace there. But, I mean, look how well Wallace has played when he's played in front of the back four. Now, he's played really, really well. Now, you see, I banged on about playing James Gale in the last six games. The second name on the team sheet next to James Gale needs to be Kieran Wallace because in that CDM role, the way we're playing at the moment... With that back four and that creative midfield, Kieran Wallace is the anchor to that side. He breaks play down. He's, he's physical. Really well. He drops into centre-half to allow Hewitt and Bowery to push on. He is the player which nobody thought he could be, but he is. And do you know what else he's got in his locker? And it's going to happen, and I'm going to call it. If we get to the playoff final, it's going to be him that scores the winner. Kieran Wallace has got a whopper <laughs> in his locker, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Steady now, boys. that. Yeah. No. I, I said locker, not underpants. <laughs> nah, well, Filthy yeah. buggers. Fair play to him. Come gone. <laughs> no, I think he has played well, to be fair to lad. And I think a lot of fans have appreciated that as well. You know, on your notice boards and whatever, when you go on and your social media at the end of the match and have a look through. You know, it's had some, well, Aikens has. Wallace has, there's been quite a few ad stick. We've all had stick in the past. But, uh, you know, it's proving quite a few people wrong. But that's only with his run of games, like Nigel said, you know. But as soon what happens as soon as he thinks Maris is fit? Yeah. Wallace is on the bench. Stubborn Nigel strikes again. And he, he, need, he needs to not it be stubborn work. Nigel. Needs to not be stubborn, Nigel. I think we've got we're, we're on the cusp of a good thing. We do need those extra one, two percent, but ultimately, Cam, it boils down to me to just having that persistence to keep getting the shots in on goal. Maybe when it gets to the later the stages of the game, having a little bit more urgency and getting the, the balls in the box. It's good to dominate play early, early doors and play that nice, passive, fluent football. But as the time ticks on, if it's all or nil-nil or, you know, on a knife edge and we need that extra level, direct crosses in the box, do things early. Because what's really frustrating me at the moment is the time, the sands of time are sometimes against us and we're taking 30, 40 seconds longer to take a throw. When the ball goes out, it doesn't need to be Elliot Hewitt or Jordan Barry that takes that throw. If you've got the ball and the attack's on and a player's in space, get it in, get it to feet. Play, 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 play. Um, and I think, to be honest, I think a lot of this can come back to uh, sort of like building from the back as well. I think the most frustrating thing that I saw on on, on Monday myself was just when Christy Pym had got the ball, just far too hesitant and far too slow in making a decision. The one time that he then, all right, granted it wasn't the, the quickest of releases, but hang on. When he does get the ball out, he's straight to. I can't remember who it was. Whoever was on the Bishop Street, I can't remember if it was Law or. Might have been Perch. I don't know. Whoever it was, he bowls it out and he's completely made a hash of it. He didn't get yeah. it out quick enough. And then when he did get it out, he threw it straight to their player. It's just like. Yeah. Just frustrating. And I think that compared to last season where you'd got Nathan Bishop was always a little bit more switched on, personally. I think Pim's a. Nothing, no, no disrespect to Pim. I just think he's a bit slow. Like his decision well, making can be a bit hesitant sometimes. Well, we may well. say Yeah, we may well on Saturday see the enforced return of uh, Flinders because if anyone went to the opening training session on Wednesday, was it? Um, you will have noticed that Christopher yeah. didn't train. Uh, the video is out, and Nigel Clough uh, says, "I think we've only got thirteen training." Uh, Christy Pym um, isn't uh, isn't training, so could well Flinders may well get a game. I hope he does because I'm going to be honest. At Grimsby last time in the uh, the Stuff Cross Cup, Flinders had a shocker, so he needs to uh, get some redemption there. But uh, I've got full faith in him um, if he comes in, and I think we may that may well be that extra couple of percent um, that we need. Obviously, none of us, I presume, went to the open training session. I was in Loughborough on Wednesday, so I couldn't get. Um, Cam was in uni. He was asleep in bed, watching Holmes under the hammer like every other typical student. And Alan was, of course, working. 
Yes, I was, but I had, I had the call because they had a problem <clears throat> with the microphone and whatever. So after I'd finished work, I went down. Obviously, the, it had all been finished, but there was there must have been 150, 175 people queuing all the way round oh, down beautiful. to the bottom to go to go into the uh, Kevin Bird Suite and the 1861, you know, for the signatures and whatever, which was nice to see, to be fair. They all hung around and whatever, and I just went and sorted microphone out. Ah, good on you. Alan Wilson to the rescue again. Get him a shirt and play him up front on Saturday. Uh, Keely says, Flinders deserves a game Saturday and watching um, them Wednesday looks like he will be. Well, we'll wait and see. Uh, talking of uh, Saturday away at Grimsby is podcast predictions time. Um, and I've just realised because I'm not where I usually am, I have no pen and paper. So I'm going to be on my phone doing this. Um, so I'm not ignoring you. And on um, Instagram, tweeting Hunted Podcast stuff. At Hunted Pod, if you're a fan of the Channel 4 show, Hunted. Uh, work, but you can still post that podcast. Shocking. Damn straight. It wasn't either that, by the way. Yeah, damn straight. Damn straight. Uh, right, so podcast predictions for Grimsby, or Gromsby, as my phone's just uh, called it. Um, Alan, uh, I'm going to go to you first. Grimsby away, please. Grimsby 1, Mansfield 2, win for Mansfield, 28th minute. Okay, Cam. I'm also going to go with a 2-1 win. Uh, and I'm going to say uh, 49th minute. Ooh, ooh brave. Uh, I am going to go for a 2-2 draw. Uh, oh. And I'm going to say that it will be the uh, seventh minute. Uh, we'll get everybody else's uh, predictions. Clive can't be with us uh, tonight. Uh, Nick also can't be with us whilst he's having a little bit of work done on the new uh, Mansfield Town Shirts HQ. And if anyone's seen Nathan Edge, please let us know. We have no idea where he is or how he is. Um, I'm sure he's fine. Uh, as always, um, uh, get in the link in the description to get involved with podcast predictions. You must do it no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday. And as Richard says, some of us have to work to earn enough money to go and watch uh, the stags. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do. You've got to pay uh, the bills uh, and all of that stuff as well. So, um, fingers crossed that the Stags can do it on uh, on Saturday. And, of course, the trip to Newport on Tuesday night. We'll put all of our predictions on social media as usual. Um, one hope each, please, from uh, the Grimsby game and uh, the Newport game, other than the obvious of a win. What are you hoping, Cam, uh, from Mansfield on Saturday as they make the trip to the seaside. Um, obviously, taking his chances. Um, we've we've been up there all season with creating chances, and I know a lot of people don't like the the stat, but expected goals, the shots per taken per ninety times by the times actually scored. Um, we're we're up there, and we just don't. <laughs> we we don't deserve to be. Uh, we're just not taking as chances. We're creating, but we're not taking. So, um, as much as I want, obviously, I've put two one on, on the podcast predictions. I'm hoping that we go out and get a few more. I'm not confident that we will, but it's just we've at this time of the season we've now sort of like got to be putting teams to the sword, regardless of what position they're in. So that's actually well, putting in performance is the main one, but taking us chances when they come. Alan, your hope? <laughs> My hope is for a better performance, as in winning-wise, and something for you, Craig, because I think you deserve it. Of the two goals, let's have Mr Gale and Mr Wallace on the score sheet. I will be buzzing if uh, Wallace scores. <laughs> if Wallace unleashes his whopper, let's leave it as that, shall we? <laughs> Wallace's whopper. That's if what... he scores at one call stadium, I'm going to announce that. Oh, yes. Dude, I think everyone would love, love that. I mean, 
I'll let you into a little secret. I mean, I think a lot of people will know this. It's probably quite sad and people will, will probably slag me off for it. Whatever. I don't care. But I, you all know that I've really struggled with not doing the commentary thing this season. And there are certain points in games where I sit where I sit and I still commentate in my head and it still goes on. And as Wallace hit the shot from... Uh, uh, on, on Saturday, which nearly went in, I think he, he hit the bar or the super. It was just top corner, Bishop Street. Um, I had the line, "It's a whopper from Wallace." Like that's what I would have screamed if uh, I'd have been commentating on it. So you never know. Wallace's whopper may well be unleashed one or it one of these days. Um, Richard says, "Match seven, possibly eight games to go." You never know. Uh, Richard says, my hope is just two wins. Uh, and Chris says, still doesn't feel like we're uh, the joint top scorers. Now, it doesn't whatsoever. My hope for the next two games, well, if you've seen the series, Ted Lasso, I'm going to share a, uh, a line which Coach Beard says to Nate halfway through series two. And it's simply two words. Do better. That's all we've got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. My thanks, as always, to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel and to you guys at home for watching the live feed or indeed listening via all good podcast apps. Make sure you shout about it to all your friends and hit that notification bell via social media or via your podcast app to make sure you never miss a Mansfield Matters podcast. Don't forget to get involved with podcast predictions. The link that you need is in the description and you must submit your prediction no later than one hour and one minute before Saturday's game away at Grimsby. Will it be a grim afternoon by the seaside or will it be ice creams and smiles for all as the Stags try to gain victory and propel themselves up the table once again? Join us next week on the Mansfield Matters podcast to discuss that and, of course, the midweek trip to Newport to find out if Nigel Clough's men have got what it takes to finish in the playoffs for a second successive season or will it be League Two once again. Strap yourselves in. This journey is the journey that keeps on giving. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you next time on the show. For the fans, by the fans, this is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.